the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for tuning in at 8 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock for The Authority. It is a Wednesday, the 18th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2019. And my, oh, my, do we have a lot of news to discuss this morning. Coming up in about an hour, we are going to hear from a true investigative journalist for the second time in two weeks. We are going to hear from Chanel Rion. She is an investigative reporter who has gotten almost exclusively, literally, nobody else in the media is even bothering to work on this to the level that OAN, One American News, is uh, to the bottom of the Ukrainian scandal. And the scandal is not Donald Trump's phone call. The, the scandal is not Donald Trump talking to the Ukrainian president. The scandal is in what was going on back during the Obama administration and Joe Biden um, contributing to and essentially being the driving force for corruption committed by his son's company, the company that his son uh, sat on the board for, uh, in uh, countless numbers of illegal dealings with the Ukrainian government, the company is Burisma, and with the green light and the approval of Vice President Joe Biden. Rudy Giuliani is all over this, and Rudy Giuliani is back in the States now coming forward with documentary evidence, not just hearsay, second- or third-hand uh, testimony, but eyewitness firsthand talking to the major players involved, backed up with documents that prove everything. Chanel Rion with One American News accompanied Rudy Giuliani to Ukraine to investigate all of this. And what they came back with is incredible. There's a three-part series. At least there's a, let me rephrase. There's an ongoing series that is three parts deep thus far. Part number three uh, was aired over the weekend on One American News. I watched it, and I was simply blown away by the important and, again, 
documentary-sourced conclusions drawn uh, by this investigation. And she's going to join us to lay it all out for us coming up at about 10.05. Now, uh, as far as Congressman Jim Jordan, I promised you that he was going to be joining us today. His schedule on Monday precluded him from being with us for... um, his regular time slot. Well, today I was double-checking, and uh, according to Congressman Jordan's um, uh, media uh, director, the Freedom Caucus is currently trying to adjourn the House, and I'm assuming that means prior to an impeachment vote. So Congressman Jordan and his fellow Freedom Caucus members are trying to move to adjourn the House. Obviously, they can't do that. Only the Speaker can do that. So what their procedures are here, I don't know. But I do know that he is uh, probably not going to be available today because there is going to be uh, an incredible amount of work for them to do on Capitol Hill. Uh, it's going to be a day-long debate if they are not able to adjourn in the run-up to the uh, to the impeachment vote. So whether Congressman Jordan gets here or not, we will do a lot of important work in his absence and tell you exactly what is going on. Now, I want to start the show today, however, by... essentially greeting you with the latest outrage of the American left. Uh, Neil Gorsuch is a justice on the Supreme Court. Neil Gorsuch was on Fox and Friends yesterday. When Neil Gorsuch came onto the program, he greeted viewers and his interviewers, the hosts of um, Fox and Friends yesterday morning, in a rather you know normal way for this time of the year. And it set the left off on another outrage. You know, the PPO, the Party of Perpetual Outrage, was in overdrive yesterday because Neil Gorsuch greeted his interviewers and the television viewers with this. It has been more than two years since Justice Justice Neil Gorsuch joined the nation's highest court. And now he is out with a brand new book, A Republic If You Can Keep It. Joining us now for a rare live interview, Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch. Good morning to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love that you say that. Neil Gorsuch greeted Ainsley uh, um, Earhart with with a... Uh, why, why, why did I say Earhart? Uh, uh, yeah, it is Earhart. For some reason, her, I flaked on her last name. Ainsley Earhart. I watched that show as I listened to Hugh Hewitt in the morning, so sometimes I get confused. Tried, tried watching TV while listening to the radio at the same time, but I do it. And anyway, I saw that live yesterday, and I thought the same thing. That was awesome. Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch, um, not playing uh, politically correct games, reminding everybody that, yeah, we are a nation of free speech and Merry Christmas is perfectly appropriate. And uh, what a great greeting at this time of the year. And I just loved it. But I did not expect it to touch off the PPO. I didn't know it would set them off on another tizzy. But away they went. Amy Vanderpool tweeting yesterday, Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch just appeared on Fox and Friends this morning, making a point to parrot the Merry Christmas talking point of the GOP. Did you know that Merry Christmas is now not a friendly greeting at this particular Christmas time of the year? It's a GOP talking point. Who knew? Who knew that for all of these decades and decades that we have been greeting one another with Merry Christmas in our predominantly Christian nation, and even if it isn't a predominantly Christian nation, but it is a nation that includes many, many Christians, and and even if you're not Christian, but you recognize the secular nature of Merry Christmas, just it's a it's a it's a Christmas time of the year that is celebrated by eh, almost everybody. 
Did you know that that was a talking point? I didn't. I just thought it was the, the, a friendly Christmas greeting. Merry Christmas. Now it's a talking point of the GOP. The tweet continues. If he's willing to go on Fox and throw a shout-out to Republican narratives, what else is he willing to do? <gasps> Gasp. Can you imagine? A member of the United States Supreme Court, the Supreme Court of the United States Justice, uh, Neil Gorsuch, actually, if he's willing to say Merry Christmas, what else is he willing to do? How much more damage is he going to do to our country? Uh, I'm not even kidding. Uh, They are outraged over this. Brian Stelter, CNN, tweeted after that happened yesterday, quote, Justice Neil Gorsuch is on Fox and Friends right now. This question. How is it appropriate for a Supreme Court justice to try to goose sales of his three-month-old book by chatting on one of the most partisan shows on TV? Follow-up from Susan Hennessy. I don't object to Gorsuch promoting the book, but appearing on Fox and Friends and not news programs on other networks is a bad look. Still others said, forget about promoting his book, A Republic, if you can keep it. How is he greeting American citizens with Merry Christmas? So they're angry at him for just appearing on Fox at all. They're angry at him for daring to wish a Merry Christmas to Americans, and they are questioning his votes as a result on Supreme Court cases uh, that are being decided because of his perceived bias now. because he See, here's the thing. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, if any of these people do interviews on CNN, I don't hear too many Republicans or conservatives screaming about how now they can't make decisions on the Supreme Court because they went on CNN. But because Neil Gorsuch goes on Fox, ah, his impartiality is now not just in question. It is proven. Did Brian Stelter complain when Justice Sonia Sotomayor did a CNN interview about her book? That's a question that uh, many are asking. Did the left complain when Ruth Bader Ginsburg was on CNN, did the left complain any time anybody who is left of center on the political spectrum, who is a Clinton appointee or an Obama appointee, did just about anything? No. But Neil Gorsuch goes on Fox and Friends and says, Merry Christmas, and the world is crashing down. These people are really, really in some <laughs> in some strange, uh, strange places right now mentally. I, I, I think Donald Trump, going out of his way to make sure that he says Merry Christmas and to tell everybody there is nothing wrong with saying Merry Christmas. I think it's in their, he's in their head. Well, he's always in their head anyway. But he's, he's so much in their head that when other people say it, particularly a Supreme Court justice, it is enough of a trigger to make them go off again. So my point in all of this is I also retweeted uh, the story, and I tweeted it with a gif. Uh, you know, uh, I think it was the Charlie Brown one, the first one, of all of the kids uh, yelling Merry Christmas and then uh, – and then just another generic Christmas greeting. So uh, my message to you is now and will continue to be through Christmas and maybe even a few days after will indeed be Merry Christmas. Inspired, I am, by Justice Neil Gorsuch. Okay, so I wanted to just share that with you because of the insanity of it all. I want to come back and I want to talk more about President Trump and the letter. We'll just call it that. It's the letter. Here in Cleveland, Ohio, we sometimes refer to the letter just very Generically, 
as the infamous letter written by former Cavalier, uh, by a Cavaliers owner, Dan Gilbert, to uh, former Cavalier LeBron James after he pulled the quote-unquote, um, uh, what did they call it, the decision on live television on uh, ESPN back in 2010 when he left the Cavaliers, and Dan Gilbert wrote what became known as just The Letter. In Comic Sans font, he ripped LeBron James a new one, and all everybody remembered that. Well, uh, that letter is going to be replaced by this, the letter. Uh, uh, President Trump to Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, defending himself and criticizing everything about the impeachment uh, kangaroo court, the witch hunt, the hoax, and so on and so forth. Uh, it has gone viral. As one can imagine, when the President of the United States writes something like this, uh, especially to the person who is trying to oversee his impeachment and removal from office, uh, it has gone viral. The reactions are many and varied. We'll share some of the letter with you, and we'll share some of those reactions as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer, after this. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. I'm loving that. Please read the letter indeed. Hugh Hewitt is trending right now on Twitter. And uh, he's trending for all of the right reasons. Because the left is trying to crush him. My friend, uh, Hugh, who of course uh, has the program on uh, all of the Salem Networks prior to this program coming on here in Cleveland, started the show today, his show this morning, by reading in its entirety the four to six page letter, and I say four to six, I have the entire thing in front of me, and it took my printer four pages to hold on two, three, four. No, I take that back. My printer was six. I guess it depends on the size of font you're printing it in. So it's about a six page letter that the President of the United States wrote directly to Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, and he read it in its entirety on his program to start the day today. And then he tweeted, well, not then, he actually tweeted announcing that, quote, uh, beginning the radio show by reading into the radio record the entire text of the at real Donald Trump letter to Nancy Pelosi. And then he has a link to it. It is a historic document and will be cited by POTUS scholars for generations as the defining example of Article 2 blasting Article 1. So you know that Hugh is on to something, and you know that the letter that President Trump wrote is indeed going to have a serious impact when you see the reaction of the American left, which are just, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to bother starting to read um, the tweets that have been sent to and about Hugh Hewitt, but just, again, to say that the left has been triggered by this is a gross understatement. He's the number one trend on Twitter right now for reading this letter and, indeed, uh, backing it up and, and pointing out the important, uh, the accuracy of it, first of all, uh, by also pointing out the historical nature of it. And so he's, not only is he trending for that, he is responding, which I love, by the way. Hugh is uh, not somebody who's going to ever not back up his point of view, and I don't know if there's anybody smarter, to be 100% honest with you, and, and able to do this. But he is replying and responding uh, to 
some of the uh, critics on Twitter by saying things like this uh, an hour ago. The TDS afflicted, TDS is Trump derangement syndrome. The TDS afflicted have been triggered by my stating the obvious. At real Donald Trump letter to at Speaker Pelosi will be included in every con law, it's constitutional law, con law casebook in the years ahead. If anyone wants to argue that, uh, that it won't be, hold forth. But you will be proven wrong by the next casebook. So Hugh is willing to say, you come at me all you want. History will prove me right. History will prove President Trump right as well. So, uh, really, really, uh, an amazing, uh, 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 amount of triggered leftists, uh, all coming at President Trump for the letter and coming at Hugh Hewitt and others for sharing it. Now, I will say this. It is pretty much unprecedented. That's probably why it's going to make its way, uh, into constitutional law casebooks. And it really is an amazing, uh, uh, example of Article 2, uh, attacking Article 1. And I'll tell you, I was blown away by it. I really was. I listened, I didn't read it all personally. I listened to Hugh reading it some this morning, and then I read the rest of it myself. It really is um, kind of a composite, I guess, of President Trump's media statements. Now, sometimes he makes those statements in front of a, 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 a whirring helicopter blade, you know, before he gets on, on board Marine One to go on a trip, and it's, you know, with the media. Some, some of it he has made in um, uh, the context of his... Uh, uh, rallies, you know, his, his massive rallies before 10, 20, 25, 35,000 people at all these major venues, sometimes in impromptu tweets. But he kind of compiled it all into one letter, essentially saying, you know, and I know this is all a bunch of hogwash. You know, and I know, and we all know that this is 100% political, that this is not judicial, that there were no crimes, let alone high crimes and misdemeanors let alone treason, let alone anything that would lead any president to being impeached, being impeached. But your party, you, and I'm, of course, great, greatly paraphrasing the president here, speaking to Nancy Pelosi or writing to Nancy Pelosi, your party started this, and you didn't even want to continue with this. You didn't want to actually have an impeachment inquiry because you knew that this was wrong and it was bad for your poor business, for your uh, incumbent Democrats. But you got cornered into this, and now this is your last chance to get out of it, uh, you know, by not holding this vote. So this is, you know, this is essentially the President of the United States saying, everybody knows that this was started before I took office. Everybody knows that the Washington Post announced it right when I took office, uh, just a few minutes after um, I was uh, uh, inaugurated in January on January seventeenth or January twentieth of twenty seventeen. We all know that this is one hundred percent political and has nothing to do with the Ukrainian phone call. This is your last chance to get out. And of course, Nancy Pelosi is too far down the tracks now. She can't turn this train around. It's not possible. You can't slam the brakes on it either. So they're going to go forward. They're drafting their, you know, the Freedom Caucus, as I mentioned to you, is in the uh, House right now trying to, uh, trying to get uh, co- the uh, House adjourned, the session adjourned. It's not going to work. They're going to have to go forward now. There's just no turning back. Once you cross the point of no return, uh, it, it really means just that. And, and when they held the inquiry and then they actually, she, technically, not they, she instructed the judiciary, uh, the Judiciary Committee and Jerry Nadler to draft articles of impeachment. That was the point of no return. That's crossing the Rubicon. That you can't go back after that. Everything has to go forward now. Despite the fact that they know full well that defeat awaits them and their efforts in the Senate. When Mitch McConnell declared 
No, I am not going to be impartial in this. Why would I be impartial in this? This isn't a trial that is judicial. This is a political process. I have no reason to be impartial since I'm not actually going to be overseeing a trial that is judicial. If it was judicial, I would have to be impartial. But since it's political, I'm completely uh, partial, and I'm going to side with and defend the President of the United States. This has the left going crazy already trying to declare the upcoming Senate acquittal of Donald Trump as a mistrial. They're literally saying this should be declared a mistrial before it begins because Mitch McConnell has said he's not going to be impartial. So it's just like the election, and I'm going to get our break here for news in two seconds. But they are also trying to kind of paint the picture and largely poison the well water for the 2020 election, saying that if Donald Trump isn't impeached and is able to run in 2020, the impeach or the uh, election will not be valid because he is already trying to cheat the election. Okay? So they're saying if he wins again, it won't be valid because he will have cheated and they're going to investigate and try to impeach him again. So that's that part. And then as it comes, as it pertains to this particular trial coming, they're saying we can't win that either. We know we're going to lose. So we're going to claim that it was also rigged. This Senate trial on impeachment that we will vote for as a House is going to be rigged in favor of Donald Trump, and he's going to get off. And then the election in 2020 is also going to be rigged. So that gives us the green light to start new impeachment investigations in 2021. So uh, their their motives are plain as as anything, and that's why the president called them out by way of this letter to Nancy Pelosi. All right, I want to get you involved. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. News is now on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Thirty-seven. Now the Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Thanks for being with us. I want to share portions of the president's letter. I'm not going to do what Hugh did and read the entire thing to you, but I think it's important because what the president did, in large part, as I told you, was kind of a, a kind of a summary, a general overall summary of the arguments he has made at rallies and in speeches and in uh, you know various uh, press conference settings and so on and so forth over the last uh, several months to, um, uh, to respond to the allegations uh, against him and to respond to the pending impeachment. But it's also in large part a compendium of what I and others have said in his defense. You know, I, I read his letter and I hear my own, my own voice. I read his letter and I hear Sean Hannity's voice. I hear my, I read his letter and I hear Larry Elder and Hugh Hewitt and so many others who have all made the most valid and important points about this, uh, to our respective audiences. And so I, I feel good about this and I know why it's viral because it truly does poke holes in every single, which is what we have done. We in the conservative side of the media, the uh, talk show circuit and so forth, 
uh, that we have we have offered for the last uh, you know uh, several months, certainly since this uh, whistleblower thing. But even going back to the let's impeach forty five screaming of people like Maxine Waters and Al Green and uh, you know Sharia Talib and and so many others. So uh, I want to share some of these words with you, not all of it, but just some of it to give give you the gist of why this is uh, so upsetting to the liberals. The president of the United States. Uh, writing to the, the Honorable Nancy Pelosi, dear Madam Speaker, I must skip down. The articles of impeachment introduced by the House Judiciary Committee are not recognizable under any standard of constitutional theory, interpretation, or jurisprudence. They include no crimes, no misdemeanors, and no offenses whatsoever. You have cheapened the importance of the very ugly word, impeachment. You, and again, I'm skipping around, so bear with me. You dare to invoke the founding fathers in pursuit of this election nullification scheme. I love that phrasing. That's what it is. This impeachment is an election nullification. They want the election in 2016 that they still can't believe happened to have to be nullified, to say it didn't happen, to be invalidated. Yet your spiteful actions display unfettered contempt for America's founding, and your egregious conduct threatens to destroy that which our founders pledged their very lives to build. Your first claim, abuse of power, is a completely disingenuous, meritless, and baseless invention of your imagination. You know that I had a totally innocent conversation with the president of Ukraine. I then had a second conversation that has been misquoted, mischaracterized, and fraudulently misrepresented. Fortunately, there was a transcript of the conversation taken, and you know from the transcript, which was immediately made available, that the paragraph in question was perfect. I said to President Zelensky, I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot and Ukraine knows a lot about it. I said do us a favor, not me, and our country, not a campaign. I then mentioned the Attorney General of the United States. Every time I talk with a foreign leader, I put America's interest first, just as I did with President Zelensky. Continuing, he says, you know full well that Vice President Biden used his office and $1 billion of U.S. aid money to coerce Ukraine into firing the prosecutor who was digging into the company paying his son millions of dollars. You know this because Biden bragged about it on video. Biden openly stated, I said I'm telling you you're not getting the billion dollars. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bee, and I'm just not going to say the word, he got fired. Even Joe Biden admitted just days ago in an interview with NPR that it looked bad. Now you are trying to impeach me by falsely, falsely accusing me of what Joe Biden has admitted he actually did. Skipping down. This is all part of the letter written by President Donald J. Trump to Nancy Pelosi. The second claim, he writes, so-called obstruction of justice is preposterous and dangerous. House Democrats are trying to impeach the duly elected President of the United States for asserting constitutionally based privileges that have been asserted on a bipartisan basis by administrations of both political parties throughout our nation's history. Under that standard, every American president would have been impeached many times over. As liberal law professor Jonathan Turley warned when addressing congressional Democrats, quote, I can't emphasize this enough. If you impeach a president, if you make a high crime and misdemeanor out of going to the courts, it is an abuse of power. It's your abuse of power. 
you're doing precisely what you're criticizing the president for doing. Continuing on, President Trump to Nancy Pelosi. Everyone, you included, knows what's really happening. Your chosen candidate lost the election in 2016 in an electoral congress, or electoral college rather, landslide, 306 to 227. And you and your party have never recovered from this defeat. You have developed a full-fledged case of what many in the media call Trump derangement syndrome, and sadly, you will never get over it. You are unwilling and unable to accept the verdict issued at the ballot box during the great election of 2016. So you have spent three straight years attempting to overturn the will of the American people and nullify their votes. You view democracy as your enemy. That line is going to trigger leftists all over this country. And it is, if you look at social media responses and if you turn on CNN or MSNBC for five minutes. They are triggered over that line. Because their entire impeachment of Donald Trump is claiming that he tried to damage our democracy. Our democracy not being our nation, because we are not a democracy. As you know, we are a representative republic. But our system of democracy, our system of voting, they are they claim that this impeachment is in, is necessary to defend our democracy from foreign interference. And when President uh, Trump uh, says to Nancy Pelosi accurately, you view democracy as your enemy, it triggers them because it's true. The people spoke clearly. The Bob Mueller investigation proved that there was no Russian interference or meddling that had anything to do with the Trump campaign. And quite frankly, uh, any Russian interference and meddling and any Ukrainian interference and meddling, which also happened... Yes, two things can be true at the same time. I still would contend, I agree with the uh, the great Dennis Prager on this, is one of the most overstated and uh, non-issue, one of the biggest non-issues uh, in, in, in my lifetime. Dennis has lived longer than I have, so that means more. Sorry, Dennis. But, but he's right when he says that. I think it's the biggest non-story ever, because I still am waiting for one American voter to be interviewed who says, I was going to vote for Hillary Clinton until I read something on WikiLeaks that, from, from, you know, that the Russians got when they accessed uh, the, uh, the DNC server because they were too stupid. John Podesta was too stupid to put a firewall in any kind of decent security on their system. But um, I've not heard one person say, yeah, I read something that was really embarrassing to Hillary Clinton because I saw it on WikiLeaks and I changed my vote to Donald Trump. It didn't impact a single voter. People voted for the candidate they wanted. I promise you that Russia and Ukrainian inter- interference made no impact whatsoever. I totally concur with Dennis Prager on this one. Back to the letter. President Trump to Nancy Pelosi. Quote, Speaker Pelosi, you admitted just last week at a public forum, that your party's impeachment effort has been going on for two and a half years. Um, he's right, isn't he? One of the biggest criticisms of the process has been the speed at which the House Democrats speed? are moving. If this is, but seriously, though, seriously. It's been going on for 22 months, okay? <laughs> two and a half years, actually. It's been going on 22 months, two and a half years, actually. We all heard it. The president is right. And when he says this in his letter, he says, 
19 minutes after I, or excuse me, uh, uh, you said it's been going on for two and a half years, long before you ever heard about a phone call with Ukraine. 19 minutes after I took the oath of office, the Washington Post published a story headlined, The Campaign to Impeach President Trump Has Begun. Less than three months after my inauguration, Representative Maxine Waters stated, quote, I'm going to fight every day until he's impeached. House Democrats introduced the first impeachment resolution against me within months of my inauguration for what will be regarded as one of our country's best decisions, the firing of James Comey. See the Inspector General reports, who the world now knows is one of the dirtiest cops our nation has ever seen. A ranting and raving congresswoman, Rashida Tlaib, declared just hours after she was sworn into office, we're going to go in there and we're going to impeach the mother blanker. You remember that, right? And when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won, bullies don't win. And I say, baby, they don't. Because we're going to go in there, we're going to impeach the mother... That happened long before any July 2019 Ukrainian phone call. The president continues, Representative Al Green said in May, I'm concerned if we don't impeach this president... He will get reelected. Again, May is before the July 25th Ukrainian phone call. The president writes, Again, you and your allies said and did all of these things long before you ever heard of President Zelensky or anything related to Ukraine. As you know very well, the impeachment drive has nothing to do with Ukraine or the totally appropriate conversation I had with its new president. It only has to do with your attempt to undo the election of 2016 and to steal the election of 2020. I'll stop there because I don't need to read the rest of this. Again, this is a six-page letter, and the president really does quote chapter and verse every bit of the Democrats' uh, nefarious deeds, Um, the media's complicity, uh, the lying, cheating, and stealing of the likes of Adam Schiff, all covered in this as well. It almost reads like a compendium of, of like I said, things that I have said on this show, things that other defenders of the presidency, not just the president, but people on Fox News, people on One America News, people on national conservative talk shows, the only ones who are truly interested in truth in all of this, it's kind of a compendium of what we have all said. The president put it all together, and Hugh Hewitt, again, being blasted online today for for stating, and I think correctly so, on his program this morning and, and on Twitter, that this will go down in the annals of, of history, of American history, and it will be used uh, in, in a positive manner uh, on co- in constitutional law casebooks and thus classes for a long time to come. All right, it's uh, 949. We'll get a quick time out here. I want to hear from you, 216, and I know I had some people hang up. I apologize. I wanted to share this with you, but if you were on hold before, get back on, back on there now, and we'll talk to you. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. The Bob France Authority after this. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. If you got the time, and So the goal here... From the liberal Democrats who are pushing this impeachment is twofold. And you, yeah, you just kind of heard the president touch on both of them. They are trying to 
essentially invalidate the acquittal of the president by claiming that it's not fair, it's it's not uh, impartial the way a trial is supposed to be. So therefore, when he's acquitted, we're gonna we're gonna have it declared a mistrial so that they can cont- have an excuse to continue coming back at him again and again and again. And this, of course, all relates back to Mitch McConnell uh, saying that I'm not an impartial juror. He said, this is a political process. There's not anything judicial about it. Impeachment is a political decision. The House made a partisan political decision to impeach. I would anticipate we will have a largely partisan outcome in the Senate. I'm not impartial about this at all. So they're saying that makes the acquittal of Donald Trump, which is a certainty in the Senate, uh, invalid. They are doing the same thing, playing the same game with the 2020 election. They're saying, we know he's going to win. We know he's going to beat Biden or or, or uh, Sanders or Warren or anybody else that he comes up against. And so what we have to do is declare that that is also going to be invalid. And that's what Adam Schiff did on uh, The Idiots on uh, Morning Joe, saying that 2020, you can't trust that election any more than the 2016 election uh, that we lost. Because of the president's very dramatic reaction to the facts being put out before him. Uh, you know, I'd say the timing is driven more by the fact that the plot continues, uh, that, uh, you know, we've had a lot of discussion, should we wait, try to bring in more witnesses? It's taken us eight months to get uh, go from subpoena to a first court decision in Don McGahn. And given that the president has made clear he's not going to stop seeking foreign intervention in our election, uh, he's out on the White House lawn saying that if we're being honest, there's a simple answer. I want Ukraine to do this investigation. Right. His lawyer, even this week, was in Ukraine seeking to dig up the same kind of dirt. So the timing is really driven by the urgency, and that is... A national security issue. Yes, uh, a national security issue, uh, an issue of our election integrity. Um, if uh, the president is seeking still to uh, essentially cheat in the next election, that is not a remedy. So Adam Schiff goes on MSNBC on Morning, uh, Morning Joe and declares that the president is trying to cheat the 2020 election, still trying to seek foreign interference in the 2020 election. That's, that's their, their, the hill that they're going to die on because they know they cannot beat him, so they have to, pre, in, 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 a, in a preemptive move, they have to declare that the victory he's about to gain in both the Senate trial and in the 2020 election, though they are invalid for, for reasons of cheating and so on and so forth. Which brings us to the question, is the president cheating? Is the president seeking to bring foreign influence into the 2020 election by focusing on the corruption of Ukraine back in 2016? And that is precisely why we are going to be talking with Chanel Rion after the top of the hour news. Chanel Rion is an investigative reporter for OAN, which is One American News, that accompanied Rudy Giuliani to Ukraine, where they didn't go there to quote-unquote dig up dirt on a political rival. They went there to expose the truth about what Ukraine did in terms of international crime while benefiting from American foreign aid. Our money going to a country that was corrupt and that happened. And this is the part that's that, you know, again, this is a Biden problem. This is not a this is not a Trump problem. Uh, 
It just so happens that the corruption that Ukrainian government officials and the energy company Burisma were engaged in happened to involve the Bidens because Joe Biden made it so. Joe Biden was the point man for American policy in Ukraine. And his son took a job on uh, the board of that corrupt company and just so happened to be implicated. That's not spot, or not investigating a political rival. That's investigating a foreign country wasting our tax dollars through corrupt methods. And just the fact that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden were a part of it, that is, that is, a, I don't want to say a coincidence, but that is an instance or it's an, it's incidental to their own decision making. This is just a small taste of what I'm going to talk to Chanel Rion about. Mayor Rudy Giuliani by our side, with his nearly two years of investigations into Ukraine, we packed everything up and flew to Ukraine's capital, Kiev. This would be a significant trip, not only for us, but for Giuliani also. Democrats portrayed Giuliani as slinking about in Ukraine, collecting dirt on Biden for 2020, when the reality was quite different. Would it surprise you that I haven't been in Ukraine for uh, two years? That during the course of this entire thing, I never went to the Ukraine, either in the daytime or in the middle of the night. And Giuliani's research then was for his client, the president, to defend him against the Mueller investigation, not in preparation for 2020. Now, at the prospect of meeting Shokin and other witnesses face to face, the mayor decided to break his streak of Ukrainian absence. We landed in Kiev, and America's mayor stepped foot in Ukraine for the first time in two years. So that's important to understand. The left is trying to paint this as Rudy Giuliani in Ukraine digging up dirt on political rivals. But he hasn't been in Ukraine for two years. Think about that. When he was in Ukraine two years ago, which was 2017, it was to defend his client against the the partisan witch hunt known as the Russian collusion investigation, the Mueller investigation. He was there in that capacity, not in a let's find dirt on Joe Biden. He couldn't have known in 2017 if Joe Biden was going to run in 2020. This had nothing to do with investigating Joe Biden as a political candidate and opponent of Donald Trump. It had everything to do with defending Donald Trump against the Russian witch hunt. Chanel Rion is going to explain much more about this coming up next on a three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn delivered for the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com. 